Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Welcome to Exploring Missions, connecting mission needs with those equipped by God to meet those needs across the world or across town. And now the host of Exploring Missions, Bert Harper. Thank you for listening to Exploring Missions. It's my honor to be the host along with co-host Nathan Harper. Yes, last name, my son. So we are involved in missions and just like the intro says, around the world and across the street and from church and some ministries and missions is an amazing thing how it takes place we're to be on mission for god after we're saved don't we nathan amen we're we're sent people not just saved people but we're sent people to proclaim the good news of jesus christ wherever we go and that good news is good news i mean the gospel means good news every once in a while i think about a town crier years ago he'd come through good news good news and Every pulpit, every lesson ought to be filled somewhere with that good news. You don't need to miss that opportunity, do you? That's right. It's the best news that many of the parts of the world have never heard yet. And we need to make that known. And that's part of what we want to do on Exploring Missions. Well, this is part two of an interview that we're doing with T.J. Sipes. T.J. is an Awana missionary for Mississippi and Western Tennessee And uh, he was with us last week and was telling his story about how God used him involved in the Awana ministry that God's called him to. And we both decided God called him into the children's ministry, and uh, Awana is the way he's carrying out that. You know, usually that's the way it goes. God calls you and gifts you for something, and then he gives you the means by which to carry that calling out. Yeah, that's right. and. You know, usually you have a group of people that you're called to, and it could be a group of children or maybe a large group of children, and in TJ's case, a whole state <laughs> full of children. And and even later, God will use you to equip other leaders who have the same ministry and group of people that they're that they're working with. So, and, and I thought about this last week. Uh, if you're interested in one of, they got a website. And you can go to a, you can just put a wanna in and it'll take you there. That's what I did. Is it what is awana.org and it'll tell you about the ministry when it started in 1941, how many countries it's in. And we're going to get to that in this one. And uh, and but, I do have a question. Yeah. This, I'm just going to ask for everyone who hears us saying the words awana. We're not actually saying I want to. <laughs> Although that's what the kids say when they, you know, do you want to go to Awana? I want to, you know. Um, but what does Awana actually stand for? Awana, you'll hear a lot of people say Awanas, uh, but it's Awana. Approved workmen are not ashamed. It comes from 2 Timothy 2.15. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. 2 Timothy 2.15. I forgot how long it was before I found out what Awana stood for yeah. I just thought man I wanna that's a neat I, I wanna I wanna win I wanna do I wanna but uh, it's right they say yeah I wanna so anyway we followed TJ's story salvation to the point of serving in a local church in the Awana ministry listening to Bible verses coming to a game director then becoming the commander of that local group 
to the point of view of applying for being an Awana missionary. And God said, not now. And he had to get right in his heart with his mom. And God took care of that before she died. And then he was serving, going, and man, making new contacts, churches joining up in Mississippi and Western Tennessee. And then his wife died. And he and the four children were still home. And we caught right there and saying, God, even use that. And I want you to continue that story, if you would, TJ. So my pastor and uh, his wife, uh, Buster Wilson and Pat Wilson, were my pastor and pastor's wife. And uh, she had a little sister that had waited for 41 years to find a mate. And uh, if you're single, wait on the one that God has in store for you. Miss Kathy often says, that it took her a long time to find Prince Charming here. So <laughs> I always say ta-da, but, but many introductions took place. And I will tell you that at that time when I was walking with the Lord, it to this day and probably prior to the passing of my late wife was the closest I think I'd ever walked with the Lord. It was not, God, what do you want me to do today? It's not even, God, what do you want me to do in a couple hours? It's, it was literally a walk by faith of moment by moment. What's the next thing? Because when the introduction started happening for Kathy and I, then I had children that were involved in this, and I didn't want it to hurt them. I didn't want to hurt the ministry in any way, shape, or form. And so literally, we, we began to pray about this. There were five introductions took place. And after I realized, okay, God, this is really you. This is what's going on. We wound up dating for the first time and went out a few times after that and then got engaged, got married. Then my daughter married. And so life is moving forward. We're, we're melding the families together. She didn't know anything about Awana. In fact, if she would hear, she'd tell you the first presentation that she'd ever seen about Awana, their church chose not to do Awana. And now she's married to the Awana missionary. And uh, Did they turned down. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I didn't even realize that until later on. She'd share that with me. But but Kathy is just an incredibly godly woman that literally waited on the Lord for 41 years to find her mate. And God blessed us with a granddaughter. And then three days after the granddaughter was born, she called me upstairs and said, uh, tears streaming down her face and Bible in one hand and said, we're going to have a baby. And I said, Kathy, I'm 46. And she said, we're still having a baby. And so we have a sweet boy named Jonas now. And, you know, putting the families together and that when you mentioned about children and God calling you to work with children, we have so many families that come to Awana, children that come to Awana who are in mixed homes that have divorces situation, a biracial situation, things like that, that there's this mixture that's just not, quote unquote, the norm. And I just believe that's what God's called us to do what we do. Okay, let's examine that for a moment. Come from a home where the gospel was not prominent, even church was not a part of it. Difficulty, heartache, some ill health, but other issues that came along the way. And so God used that even to give you a heart for children. Your wife dies, your first wife dies, gives you a heart for those that are widowed. I mean... Those are, okay, how much schooling have you had? I know the school of hard knocks now, TJ. Just seriously, I mean, you know, most of the things you've learned is someone has discipled you and mentored you along the way? Absolutely. I graduated high school and then went straight in the military. And so the, the Moody Bible study is about extending the school. And I am, in, I am now enrolled in Kidman Academy. 
so I have a year-long Bible study to do with Kidman Academy. Uh, Ryan Frank is uh, the president of that association. But, but no, sir, it's, it's literally been by experience because those things that you go through, God brings you through those not just for your own benefit but for others. And the responses that you have to them, it will either help others to turn toward God or turn away from God. And when you mentioned widows and widowers, God has used that situation in my life to be able to minister to other men and women who have lost spouses. Griefshare.org was very instrumentally used in my life. In fact, the very first one that I read, Griefshare.org, a devotion, it stated in there, there may come a time when you wonder, am I going to ever date again? And that really was a piercing arrow to me because there was, there was betrayal, there was, there was loyalty, there was all those things that were going through my mind. But I knew what God had called us to. And Kathy is a great asset to our ministry. She's learned a lot. Literally, they say, baptism by fire. She got thrown in the midst of this, and now she's uh, our office assistant. When, well, I told her, I said, I can guarantee you two things. If, we, um, if you take this position, you'll, you'll take a 75% pay cut because she was a nurse. <laughs> and, uh, and she said, what's the second thing? I said, well, if we don't have the funds in our account, you don't get paid until we raise the funds. So, and she accepted both of those calls and is doing a great job with that. We have spent more time, Nathan and I admit, on your personal journey than we thought we would. But I think it was of God that you've heard this story. Those of you that heard it last week and you're hearing it continually, you're blessed. Those that have not heard it, they can you can podcast Exploring Missions and hear TJ's story up to this point. So we're going to make a curve here in the road, and we're going to look at WANA and what it's accomplishing in a missional point of view worldwide. I really do want to concentrate on that because Awana locally has gotten to be known really a lot, especially in the listening areas where our radio stations are. I'm sure there may be a few, but again, you you can go to awana.org and find that out. But I've got these written down, and I'm going to use them, and I want you to talk about them. 50,000 churches, 100 denominations. Now, that one, I didn't know there was that many denominations anyway. (laughs) 120 countries, 4 million children. I think those actually, are astounding numbers. Yeah, that's are they, have they grown since then? I, I think actually it may be 121 countries now, and, uh, and then there's 4.2 million children. A few years ago, we had a goal of 10 million children by 2020. And you know, uh, we're a year and a half away from that. And will we hit 10 million children? I, I don't know. Maybe perhaps we will. But if we don't, we were at 1 million children, it seemed like, for a long, long period of time. And then they came up with the, a strategy internationally called leader-based strategy. Rather than trying to get, like me, come to your church and you have 25 leaders at your church that get the training from me, they had a pastor's forum that would take place where the pastors would come in and they would share the ministry with the pastors and the passion for children because outside of our country, and even quite frankly inside of our country, I don't know that children are the most important in, in people's minds and lives. And so these pastors would go back with this, with this information. They would be praying about whether they wanted to start a WANA. And these were from many different denominations from many different countries often. And so they would be taxed with going back and praying, God, who would you have me to send from our church? And they would ask for two people to be sent from their church. And they would come back and they would do 
the training for these people. And then those two people would go back to their villages or to their towns and they would be the trainers for that area. And that's why it's exponentially growing so fast because they are creating their own missional staff, if you will. I see Nathan's face lighting up when he hears that. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? It Nathan? is. It's, it's a, uh, I would say common, although it's, it's not as common as I think it should be, but it's a very biblical model of multiplying disciples, multiplying uh, leaders, and it's a multiplying model. And Jesus actually used this as he trained the 12 and sent the 12 out so they would train others. And it's training trainers is what it really is. What is it? Is it 1 Timothy or 2 Timothy that Paul taught Timothy? 2 Timothy 2.2. Paul taught Timothy. Timothy taught faithful Faithful men, men. And faithful men taught others. That's four generations right there. And that is a biblical model. So it's starting to work Internationally, out. it's growing okay. tremendously. Here in America, we've had a, a slight decline recently, and I think that there's a lot of things that can go into that, and I don't know all of the, the reasons why, but I think that here in America, we get busy with a lot of things. We uh, have a lot of things that are clouding our, our minds, and there's nothing wrong with external sports and, and cheer and other things of that nature, and they have their place. But when we get so busy doing other things like that, that when it comes time to go to church on Sunday night or Wednesday night, which is when a typical Awana club would run here, but across the United States, they have Awana on every night of the week. We sometimes can get ourselves busy, B-U-S-Y, bound under Satan's yoke and not even realize it. And so I think that some of the churches have declined, but we have seen an uptick in the last couple of years. So there was a decline here in America and an, an exponential growth externally. Uh, outside the country, but now we're starting to see an influx of more churches start. I do interim work, and uh, that means those of you, I'm not a full-time pastor. I work here at AFR full-time, but on the weekends, I supply, but use at the same church who is without a pastor. The last church that I was at, and TJ's very familiar with that church, we won't go into it, that on Wednesday nights, they say, Pastor, come. would you mind come on Wednesday nights? Because I don't always come on Wednesday nights because time-wise, working here, I don't have time to get away and get somewhere. But they said, we really desire you to be here to have a pastor's presence, not necessarily with the adults, because the number of adults that were in that church meeting were not many, and they started apologizing to me. And I know some did not come, so uh, you know I'm not making an excuse for them. But those that would be there, that could be there, they weren't there because they were working with the children and the youth, and the children's ministry was a wanna. And I'd go in there, and you would see floods of adults working with those children. And I told them, I said, I just want to tell you something. It's better for you to be where you're at working with these children than it is in there listening to me. And uh, I said, now, we're going to be praying, and we try to make it prayer meeting. But make children that they need to be that priority. And Awana is one of the ways, is one of the ministries that this happens. You know, a lot of churches, uh, they look at Awana and they think kids and they think children's ministry. But our youth ministry is starting to grow in ways that it hadn't before with our Trek and Journey, our junior high and our high school level. Uh, we just got done with a competition in Springfield, Missouri, where we had between 300, three to 400 teenagers that came to compete in Bible quiz, 
Awana Games, Fine Arts Performance, and then a six-on-six volleyball kind of for them. And that's all done in two days' time. And so they have volunteers from across the United States to come and help out with that. And I think one of the one of the biggest myths, I guess, if you will, are, are corrections that, that I would like youth pastors to realize. You don't have to write your own material. You don't. You, you don't have to be responsible for that. We have some great curriculum out there. Sean McDowell just recently partnered with Awana and has a ministry, uh, a book called Advocates out this year. Next year, it's going to be Witnesses. And so the first one, Disciples, then Advocates and Witnesses. And and I look forward to the one after that. So there'll be four years of study there. And, you know, the amazing thing, there's 40-plus colleges across the United States that have scholarships available for kids that have finished their handbooks from third grade to 12th grade. It's amazing. Uh, you want to go to... One of the colleges in Texas, I don't know if I'm, uh, can I say the name? Yeah, of go it? ahead. Dallas Baptist University. There's a, like $12,000 worth of scholarships there for this. Union University in Jackson, Tennessee is $1,000 if you earned your citation award. And so it, it, it goes beyond just the children's ministry, but many people look out and they see kids on the signs and whatnot, and they don't think about the youth having that. But we go from two years old to 18. One of our missionaries told us years ago from diapers to diploma. And uh, and so literally they can have a ministry that grounds them in the Word of God. Notice you said from diapers, not in diapers. That's right. Okay. So <laughs> all you people that would work with Awana know from diapers, not in diapers. Okay. Not changing diapers. Yeah, in yeah, yeah. And you know, just this week I went and I did an interview on a church that's in their one to three years. This is their first year that they started. And um, one of the parents was standing there and she turned to me at the almost the end of the night, and she said, uh, my little two-year-old is in your Puggles program here at our church now. And she said, everywhere we go now, she looks out and says, Mommy, God made that tree. Mommy, God made those flowers. And so teaching these young children from an early age, which is what we're supposed to be doing, it's not the responsibility of the Awana leaders to disciple these children. That's part of our responsibility. But I think we have a greater responsibility to empower the parents to take that God-given responsibility that from Deuteronomy, where they're waking up in the morning, when they're walking about in the daytime, when they come home, when they lay down at night, every instance when they're in their vans, turn the music off or turn the music on. Listen to some worship music with your kids and let them hear the Word of God. Every instance, uh, we are to be teaching and training our children. And I think Awana can really help the churches to do that. Nathan, this really hits at home with us family ministry. Nathan and I served together in a church together. And uh, I was saying, I, I don't find the typical children's ministry one that I would want to emulate. And I said, it needs to be the parent-driven, you know. And not only do we help with the children, which we do, and love them through whatever program, it be a WANA or another program, but along with that, equipping the parents that the parents does not have to bring that child to the children's minister or youth minister or the pastor to, to bring them to the Lord, but that parent has the joy of leading that child to the Lord. That became a priority when you and I were working together. Yeah, and it's, it's really often, too often, I think, in our culture and our society, and it's really in, it's in the church culture, too, where you know we farm out responsibility yeah. from parents to the quote-unquote professionals. And what's great about Awana is there's no professionals. It's other parents. It's other moms and dads. It's other concerned adults and people who have a love for 
for God, for his word, for children, and it's parents working alongside with those. I mean, the kids come to a Awana program and they might quote a few verses, but where are they learning those verses? Where are they working on those? Where are they studying that? They're studying God's word in the home with, with mom and dad there. And so it's an entire family, a holistic family approach. And um, I really appreciate that so much about Awana. That takes me to, a, when he mentioned the home, uh, I got to go back to, we had a, a ministry called Awana at Home that they created. And so my wife prayed, Kathy prayed for several weeks that God would bring somebody to teach how to do Awana at Home in our conference. And he had, and it was her. And so she <laughs> delved into it and she learned as much as she could about doing Awana at Home. And it literally was just a concerted effort of about an hour's worth of your time to go over the Bible verses with the children, have a large group time where we share something from the Bible, and then have some fun, a game time or something like that. So you got to understand, Kathy, being, quote-unquote, that stepmother, comes into this home. She's got a teenage boy, and then she's got a, a, a young teenage boy, just turned 13 that summer, and then we've got this baby one-year-old. And so you're trying to do a one at home for all three age groups. Well, you know, when that young man turns 19, 20, he doesn't want to come back to the home on Tuesday night and do a one at home for Miss Kathy. So what we did was we said, okay, if you're not going to come tomorrow night, uh, what about tomorrow morning? And he says, okay. And so I, he says, what are you talking about? And I said, I'm just going to make a big breakfast for, for tomorrow morning. So we made a big breakfast. And why did I make the big breakfast? One, because I know he loves big breakfast. Two, the longer he's eating, the more time I'm able to talk about the things of the Lord and weave those into the conversations. At the end of the morning, <laughs> my son looked at me and I said, hey, are you going to come to one at home tonight? And he's like, no, I told you I'm going to Oxford tonight. And I said, okay, well, thanks for coming to the one I did this morning. And he's like, do what? And I said, son, this is all the one at home is, is teaching these children the word of God, training them up in the way that they should go in conversation. And uh, I don't know that he appreciated my, my slyness on that, but, you know, I look at these 4.2 million children that we have out there, there's families all around. When they find out about who Jesus is, they want their children to know him. They want to get out of those situations that they've been trapped in, and they want to change the, the lives of their children here and, and far away. We had, in fact, a couple of years ago, the uh, area director for Awana in Africa, uh, Stephen Mposa, he came to our home and stayed in our home for, for 10 days. And what was really awesome is we raised funds through the Awana ministry for the children in Africa, and we had our vacation Bible school that summer. And so when pastors asked me, well, don't you just you know, give money to Awana missionaries across the world? No, we don't. Uh, here this director is here, and he's pouring into these children's lives all over Africa. Well, he's in our home. And so we brought him to our vacation Bible school, and the kids were able to give him the funds uh, from that. And so we love having uh, the missionaries come over uh, to our home uh, anytime that we can get them here. With the last few minutes that we have, give a reason for two, two groups of people, a church to start a one ministry in their church if they have it, and secondly, for parents to find an Awana ministry that's going on already and have their children a part of it. So the churches themselves, um, often uh, they, the pastors will say, well, it takes a lot of leaders to do Awana. And you know, we kind of have a 10 to 2 ratio. Uh, we'd like to have 10 clubbers to two leaders at least. And so it can take a, a larger number of leaders. But to me, that's an opportunity. 
uh, for each of those people that are sitting in the pews. We we know ministry is hard out there. There's a lot of people that are waiting for everybody to come up out of the pews, and they're looking to the left, they're looking to the right, and they're they're waiting on somebody else to do that. But it's one person at a time, and and you kind of alluded to that where Jesus sent them out by two. It's literally going up to that individual and asking them, would you just come and listen to these things? Would you just listen to these children share the word? Will you help them understand that? And then they get in there and they start to realize, okay, maybe we can do this. I had a 92-year-old woman at one of my trainings. And I, I looked across to her and I said, ma'am, what made you come to Awana and start working in Awana? And she stood up and was holding her cane and shaking. And she said, I may not be able to do everything in Awana, but there's got to be something that I can do in Awana. And so for the pastor, don't be afraid to, to get those workers and talk to those workers. To the parents, if you want to ground your children in the Word of God and want them to be able to know what they believe and why they believe it, we have a discipleship program for you. So discipleship and evangel, we want to evangelize the children. We want to share the gospel with them. We want them to come to know the Lord as their Savior, disciple them, and then marry your church's ministries together. Often we have ministries, like in the Southern Baptist Convention, may have RAs and GAs, and they teach on missions. Well, marry those two ministries together. And they, how can we do that? Some do Awana on Sunday night and missions on Wednesday night. There's not a lot of outreach in some of those other ministries out there, the ancillary missionary, uh, ministries out there. And so... Marry those two ministries together to well-round your children. Nathan, he was saying one thing about the children and that 92-year-old woman. I want to give you a test here. Vacation Bible School at the church where we grew up here in, in, in Tupelo, Mississippi. Who served the refreshments at, at Vacation Bible School? Oh, yeah. Uh, Dush and Thelma Farmer. They were t- retired. They were older. But they were there every vacation Bible school with with the refreshments and the impact. Okay, here is this this young boy and here's this older couple and making an impact on these children. A 92-year-old lady, yes, they do have some things in common. Well, I appreciate the opportunity to be here and I, I hope that uh, others will seek out uh, how to, to get assistance. Call us my email address is tjs at awana.org. You can get in touch with me that way. Okay. And if you want more about Awana itself, you can go to awana.org, and it gives you the history of it. I, I took a short tour through the website today and found out it started in Chicago, of all places. One other thing before we leave, our co-founder of Awana, Art Roarham, 99 years old, passed away this year just before uh, Brother Graham died. And one of the ministries that means a lot to, to my heart is our Returning Heart Celebration, and that's our inmates. Yes. Down in, uh, down in Angola, Louisiana. That's coming up in May. And so go in, and look up awanalifeline.org. And if you want to help an inmate child have their life turned around, many of these men, fathers, and grandfathers are serving in, time, in prison together, and they're leading their children to Christ, and they're changing their lives. So Awana is going behind the... Across the world. Across the world and behind bars. Yes, sir. Amen. That's what this radio program does. We have people that listen. They can listen on the app. They listen on the computer. They do it by, I, you know, uh, every way they can. So, TJ, thank you for being with us. Nathan, it's been good to be with you again. Amen. And this is Exploring Missions. 
This is a program from the American Family Radio Network. We appreciate you listening, and we pray that God would use you in His great commission. Thank you.